With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings and welcome inside. Happy Friday. The Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. The best part of the game might be on right now. Yeah, the Dr. Pepper halftime giveaway. Throw the football through the Dr. Pepper uh, cans and yeah. win a lot of money. Well, how about a Jeremiah getting after it? Whistle Oregon in the route. Uh, right now, I think Jeremiah. He doesn't uh, know could, how to throw a football. Yeah, but he could probably play quarterback for Oregon in the second half. <laughs> Oregon in a route, Mike. Now, listen, I got, I got to say, listen, here we are. And I want, first of all, I want all of you all to have some respect because the Pac-12 dies tonight. I do like that this you got an the, all y'all in this when is we're talking end. about the Pac-12. This is the end of the Pac-12, okay? That's oh, like a Texas the, and Southern the, expression, but the, we got an all y'all. The Pac-12. Jason, in. it was the end of the Pac-12 when Larry Scott <laughs> took over, okay? He took yeah. over, he walked in, he said, hey, you know what? We've got some land in San Francisco. Yeah, he but killed this thing a long here. time ago, buddy. Tonight is the actual end, though. It's the actual end. The pac the Pac-12 dies yeah. tonight, so have some respect. And this game so far, the Pac-12 championship game, which is likely a winning-in game, just as I said all week long, Washington in a rout. <laughs> ah. I don't need the 10 points. Look at Washington. I said, look, watch what they're going to do to Oregon. Telling you, Washington, they are not haven't hit the wall. They're not running out of gas. Oregon's living high on the hog. What did I tell you was going to happen? It's exactly how the game is going. So oh, 100%. <laughs> sure. Washington right off the jump, that field goal drive. And, and, and it felt like a a big air goes out of the balloon kind of moment when they had to settle for the field goal, mm. right? The long protracted drive to start. 15 plays, 
goes 54 yards, takes up half of the first quarter, and like, oh, I got to settle for a field goal. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. All right, victory, yeah, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. But here you go. Michael Penix Jr., right right as you came in, right uh, as, as Rob and Chris were signing off, it was the first time all night I'd seen anybody within <laughs> like a giant halo of Michael Penix Jr. Cool. You want to talk about a clean jersey club? Hey, let me just flip this ball down the field kind of moment time after time after time. That's what Washington's had tonight. Clean pocket club. It is a 20 to 10 lead for the Huskies. And yes, I said all week long, Oregon in a route. I still have the rest of the Pac 12. You got 30 minutes of existence. Football. To try to get this back. Now, does it start crumbling like uh, Heinz Field did behind <laughs> Heinz Ward as as, <laughs> they, is running, as the oh, clock no! is uh, running down towards zero? Yeah. Look, look, I, I said Oregon in a route. I got to own it, and right now it's not happening. And boy, if you're getting ten with Washington, you're feeling really good. Yeah, reading the tea leaves though yeah. all week long. You're looking at it. All right, Penix Jr. with a lot of questions as to whether he's been injured these last couple of weeks. Right, hasn't moved the same, has hasn't had the same fluidity in his throwing motion. Yeah. Like a lot of that has been hampered, and they've been eking out wins. Yeah. So it's like, all right, the year of living dangerously, when does it topple? They well, pick tonight. They pick tonight. And, oh, not tonight. We're gonna close the Pac 12 tonight. Pac 12 is closed. I want to hear the speech that was We're given. You know what? We're going down in style. Pac-12's you know what? Closed. They'll never add another name to the plaque of champions in this uh, conference. And I want ours to be at the bottom rung. I'll tell you, we're never going to watch USC lose another game they shouldn't lose at night on a Saturday to Oregon State. It's never going to... The end of the Pac-12 and Washington is closing the door. The Arizonas don't get to screw things up in November anymore. Arizona's never going to make the Rose Bowl out of the Pac-12. But look, the two biggest things that surprised me so far in the first half of this game. One, you alluded to the first part. Michael Penix Jr. has all day to throw. Right, he's got all day to throw, and when that happens, you got some pretty good wide receivers, that's going to go. I'm stunned that they can't get more pressure on him. I'm stunned about that for Oregon. And the other thing is that it seems like it's close, right? It seemed, But one of the worst defensive pass interference calls you'll ever see gave Oregon a first down that allowed them to score a touchdown near the end of the half to go in with some kind of momentum. It's an awful pass interference call. You have the wide receiver and the DB just have hands on each other as they're running. There's no moves, no anything. The ball is overthrown, and it's an easy no call because nothing happened. Refs threw the flag. That kept the drive alive for Oregon. They go in for the touchdown. So now they're in striking distance. Now the Pac-12 Pac is close. Pac-12 is close. We have 30 minutes left. It's not a blowout. want people to watch till the end of the Pac-12. Pac-12 is closing. We don't want people leaving early. You're staying till the very end. Very end tonight. So those are the two biggest things is that it seems like, well, okay, Washington, Oregon, it's, Washington had the better of the play, but both these teams have electric offenses. Oregon needed that play to not be going into halftime saying, man, we're two touchdowns or worse behind, and Washington is just mm-hmm. working us. So I, I really, those are the two biggest things that surprised me so far in this game because by this point, I expected Oregon to be up by two touchdowns. I thought this would be this would be a 24-7 game, 24-10 game at halftime, and Oregon's off to the races in the second half. Yeah, I mean, you've seen with Bo Nix uh, some time to throw and receivers just not getting and breaking containment as, as we've seen on the other side, Washington finding space. Uh, scheming it up to where you got Penix Jr. throwing to to open air, right? I mean, you've you've got the the deep ball that he hit down the left sideline. 
That was one of those, I, I got no pressure. All righty. <laughs> and he just lobbed it. Uh, wide receiver gets behind the defender by a good 10 yards. Is He didn't get any help. And you saw the defenders do the Spider-Man meme in real time. Spider-Man. And, and away Spider-Man. we go. Right? A couple of rushing uh, efforts uh, down in the red zone. So getting a little bit of contribution there as well. Uh, they, they've moved the ball well. Already 196 yards of total offense. Only... Uh, Stunned a little bit. They've got their four penalties for 30 yards, but we've got a game, right? This is why, you know, with Oregon, why they were a nine and a half point favorite is you're expecting there's an explosion to be had to happen, right? A couple of series doesn't a full game make. And and look, we may be apologizing for the pick again uh, as the second half wears on, but they did limit, despite the offensive prowess of Washington, you take some uh, moral victories in those field goals that you forced. <laughs> the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Tyrac.com studios. Uh, so, again, we'll keep you updated on here. We're getting ready to start the third quarter. And, and look, most likely this is a winning in game. Obviously, if Washington mm-hmm. wins, they stay in. Probably for Oregon, if they win, they get in the playoffs. And then, yeah, we close the Pac-12. You think Herb Street's excited it. about this one? This, uh, oh, well, he says, you know, the Thursday games don't compare to his other games. Oh, okay, good. So, you know, he, just wanted to make sure. He's excited about this But it's a Friday one. game, the yeah. same thing? <laughs> well, a Friday Pac-12 championship game, same excitement as a Saturday night game that he does. Who's so more okay excited? Him to call the game or people to see his dog well, that no, he travels with? No, well, okay. You leave Ben alone. Okay, well, okay. Number one, it's always the dog. Okay, num- number two, it's Ben. He has a name. There's a lot. <laughs> his name is Ben. He's Kirk Herbstreit's dog. His name was Robert Paulson. His name is Ben Paulson. Dude, that dog eats better than some humans, okay? <laughs> Probably eats better than I do. Dog I, stays five star hotels. I just- <laughs> I just like when you see the dog calling the second half of this game. He's probably he's just out of camera shot right now with the headset on, just sitting he's there, ready, ready for the call. He's gonna draft the Patriots' next pick too. That's it. He's gonna fight Belichick's dog for supremacy. I mean, look, this is a big show to be with us tonight because again, tonight we are closing the Pac-12. The Pac-12 oh, is closed tonight, and I am glad. That, you know what I'm glad about because I, I didn't know which way I would be on this. Is that it's a pretty good crowd at Reliant for the game. And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, pretty much we talk about Pac-12 championships if it sticks in with... with you mean you Allegiant. Know, history, Allegiant Field, sorry. Uh, and, and it sticks in with recent history. You know, there's only a couple thousand people at the Pac-12 championship. But I'm glad to see there's a lot of people tonight no. because they're going out with the best season arguably the Pac-12 has had overall when you talk about how competitive they are and how good they are because you're talking about two teams who could each make the the playoff now. The winner of this game is going to get in. It's a pretty big deal for the Pac-12. No, close it out in style. A couple of monster teams that can put up points. A couple of Heisman candidates here. Bo Nix was the favorite before the game kicked Yee, off. I cursed him too, man. Yeah, that bounced. I told you Bo Nix is going to win the Heisman. Hey, still, he still has the second half. No, that's it. He, he tried he to go for the deep ball because one of the things they did is they deferred you know, you know, the opening uh, coin toss and everything. So give up the long drive and the field goal and you, everybody's mad about it on social media. Well, they scored that touchdown and now they get the ball first coming out of the half. So in theory, if you believe in a thing such as momentum, uh, perhaps they can build on how they closed out the half. But yeah, it's the, la- it's the last dance. This is they, it, man. This the is The halftime it. entertainment was that damn uh, tuition 
battle, which wasn't a battle. <laughs> Mohammed housed that guy. Was it tuition to a Pac-12 school? It was a hundred grand. Uh, it's yeah, that's all you can. You know, they closing the schools hey, too. No, dude, you know, no, 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 the schools always be there. You know, what you can buy in the Mountain West for a hundred grand. You can get like eight years. You can buy the Mountain West. Yes, you can, you can own the Mountain West. You might be able to buy the the last vestiges of whatever. Uh, Whatever the uh, intellectual properties are <laughs> of the Pac-12 conference, <laughs> what's left in the offices? I got a hundred grand. <laughs> uh, but but it's uh, you know when when you think about certain things like your whole life growing up a sports fan and and the Pac-10 and how great it was and U.S. in the Rose Bowl was such a big well, deal. Well, the granddaddy and, of them all. Course, right? Me growing up in the Midwest, yeah. I'm a Big Ten homer, yeah. Big Ten honk. So every year it was all right. Who's going to run past us? As they're playing in the Rose Bowl. Well, and, and, and you go through the 80s and the USC and UCLA rivalry and Washington wins half of the national championship in 1990. And, you know, it's still SC, UCLA in the 90s. And But then you start to see the rise, Desert Swarm in Arizona, rise. Arizona State and Jake Plummer, and then the USC dynasty in the early 2000s. And then Larry Scott mismanaging the the, the uh, conference for about a decade. And, 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 you know, and then I get to the point where I go, Boy, I get to be on the air and talk about it. Like, I oh, hope the, you I'm, had the time you know, of your life. I'm that, I'm that, I'm that ten-year-old kid, an eight-year-old kid watching Charles White in the Rose Bowl in 1979, and 19, and now I get to talk about the end of the conference. Do we get to blow it up at the end like uh, disco demolition? You hit a button and <laughs> the conference is over. Uh, you know, I think I want to get a statement by the winning coach that that uh, reminds me when when Syracuse closed Manly Fieldhouse and they went to the Carrier Dome. The last game they played in Manly Fieldhouse, and I'm going back a ways, was against Georgetown. They're big rivals. Did you say Manly? Manly. Manly Fieldhouse. Manly Fieldhouse. That's the last team that should be playing at a stadium called Manly. Man, we got Fran Brown now. We're going undefeated. We're getting all Georgia's players. So uh, the last game was against Georgetown, and Georgetown won. And John Thompson legendary Georgetown coach, comes in and first thing he says in the press conference is, Manly Fieldhouse is closed. Right? It was a huge <laughs> deal. Manly Fieldhouse is closed. We closed it. Right? We closed. We beat, we beat. So I want the winning I want the winning coach, well, you know, whether it's you know whether it's Lanning or DeBoer, or whatever, to come out and say, hey, the Pac-12 is closed and we're the champs. Pac-12 is closed. We close this conference. Blank you, USC and UCLA and I, we close this thing. Why See you next year why in the Big Ten. Was there a giant extension cord <laughs> You know, why is why is it connected there in the middle of the field? And he goes and he just pulls the plug and the lights go up. And that's the end of it. Either that or they get to introduce that Mark Davis is bringing back John Gruden and they announce no, him like a wrestler. <laughs> does, does a winner of this game get to play the Raiders? Uh, yes. I don't know. If Antonio Pierce is on the sideline. You can yeah. ask him. Uh, they, they actually get to go right to play for the Raiders Ooh. to make the Raiders better. How about that? Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael so, Penix Jr. of Bo Nix, who, <laughs> who's Pierce grabbing right off the field. They'll play them both back and forth. They'll be like Spurrier when he would yank uh, quarterbacks. Uh, you're in for yeah. this series, you're in for this series. So right now, Oregon is taking the ball to start the second half. They go for it on fourth and five near midfield, and they convert. Bo Nix has just completed a pass inside the Washington 20-yard line. Oregon is in business. They're now inside the 10 Trailing the Huskies twenty to ten, they get on the board here with a touchdown. Suddenly, we got a brand new game. My Ducks, my <laughs> that, that ducks. fourth down play was the same play they ran. I think maybe four or five plays earlier in the drive, and the receiver just didn't see the ball. Yeah, like he finally broke away from the, the defender. Oh, there's the and, ball. and the ball's yeah. landing in front. Like oh, hey, hey, I'm open. I'm open. Oh, the, oh, the play's over. I, I swatted open. his hand away. I'm ready. Oh, it's no. open, man. Yeah. 
Uh, if you like using debit over credit, shouldn't you also get rewarded? Well, now you can with Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everyone with cash back on everyday purchases with no fees, period. Check out eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member. FDIC. Get those flashlights up. Oh, pour one out for the Pac-12. The Pac-12 dies tonight. (laughs) Pour 12 out. (laughs) Coming up next, we'll have more from this game. Again, Oregon threatening down 10 early in the third quarter. But we take a look at what could be the NFC Championship game. Getting a preview of that this weekend. Keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joining us now on the hotline to talk all the latest news in the NFL. He is a longtime NFL insider. He's on Twitter, at JasonCole62. He is a Hall of Very Good Voter. It is. Jason Cole. Jay Cole, what's happening, bud? I'm just listening to the music. I'm grooving, baby. Groove, man. I am. I'm grooving. This is me. This is hey. my stuff, man. Hey, are you with us? Because be, being the proud Stanford alum that you are, I mean, we, uh-huh. we, we get to close the door. The Pac-12 dies tonight. We get to close the door in the Pac-12. I want to know if you, you're in with no, us. We, for have this. A, we, have, we have a basketball season. No, but Pac-12 football closes tonight. It's a fun. Okay, Pac-12. We're closing. It's closed. The doors are closing. Uh, Last time yeah. out, we're locking it up and throwing the key away. ACC, baby. Here we go. <laughs> I will remember you. <laughs> yeah, biggest idiots in the history of the planet. Let the greatest conference in, in college history just. Self-destruct, morons. Hey, that's a conference of, cha- conference of champions you're saying that got able to self-destruct and be terrible. Uh, God, I'm so angry. You just you just flipped the switch. I was like in a good mood. I was, you know, I was grooving a little bit. I was going to make fun of you and say, yeah, you're sounding like the modern Jimmy the Greek. You know, talking about your your at your your bets when they're happening in real time. Um, you know, like it's going to do a few things like that. 
But no, you had to go to the end of the Pac-12 happening in front of us right now. <laughs> and my team having to play its its now great, great rival, Florida State. Oh, um, great, man. And you'll get Pittsburgh and Boston uh, College. Wait till all those games come in, too. You'll get Syracuse. God. We'll get to play you. It'll be awesome. I like that you brought us back to 1992. <laughs> Jimmy the Greek. Yeah. Jimmy the Greek was in the eighties. He was. Yeah, no, he wasn't no, even in the nineties. Did he not even get to no. the nineties? Oh, I forget no. when. I was but, trying to give him an, an extra couple of years on the favorite, end date. No, my favorite on Jimmy is. I still remember this because I was just when I picked up on how important gambling was, uh-huh. and when he would have a really bad morning, and like he would, you know, face plant. You know, he's right into his into his palm right there, and he start talking about his bets, and you're like. What happened? Oh, Jimmy had a bad day. Yeah, the morning wasn't so good. He had to, <laughs> evidently, evidently, his inside sources were not so strong going into the going into those games. Yeah. Um, Final year for yeah. him was '88 uh, when he was fired. So think about go. how insane that was. That the NFL was so anti-gambling for so long. But hey, on a pregame show for a long <laughs> we got time, that guy. they had a professional gambler. <laughs> Absolutely, the guy who the guy who picked the 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 uh, the upset between the. Uh, the Jets and the Colts, right? So, um, uh, it's, it's just that, that this is a picture of him in the morning. You know, he'd be, you know, he'd just be so downtrodden if a couple of games went wrong. It's just so great. The misery, the misery of, of Jimmy the Greek getting games wrong is really a beautiful, beautiful thing the produce, you know, to the remember. Producers in the host here going, don't go to Jimmy. He's just mad. Don't go to him. Don't go. Just no, finish. Don't, don't. Finish, finish. He's him. already go, chasing. Go the picks aren't right. going to be any good. <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, give us give us more gumble. Let's go, go, go away. <laughs> well, in, in the spirit of that, we have two quarterbacks who are going to face more Brent, off. more Brent, more Musburger, <laughs> more Musburger. Here Do on it. CBS, he's only going to subtly allude to the gambling. <laughs> hey, we got uh, we got Joe Flacco and Matthew Stafford on Sunday. Weren't they in games in 1988 against each other? I think they go back that far. This rivalry, <laughs> hey, Stafford against two is it? against Joe two? Flacco. <laughs> Yeah, they were. That's that's a long time coming, basically. <laughs> uh, for those two, well, when I looked at the slate, though, aside from Flacco Stafford, it's just just dreamy. You know the quarterback matchups we have, but there's only two <laughs> games on Sunday between teams with winning records, and one of them involves the Broncos. Like you're like sitting here going. That's not really a good slate of games that the league is trying to sell this weekend, is it? That's not what you really want to be associated with. Now, one of those games is fabulous, but it's the only game that's fabulous that I, uh, on this this coming weekend. So, how do you feel about that fabulous game? <laughs> well, um, I love that. I love that fa- fabulous game. I do think the Forty ers probably win it because they're they're not. Um, you know, they're rested coming off the bye. Uh, I think that it probably means more to them than the Eagles at this point in time because the Eagles are, you know, they've at least they put a little distance between themselves and everybody else, and they're so banged up right now that you get the feeling that they might want to hold back a little bit. You know, like, do you really want to see Jordan Davis tear that enormous hamstring off of his body, you know, like something like that. You probably want to avoid that and maybe get Dallas Goddard, you know, healthy, that kind of thing. Um, those would all, those would all be helpful things for you. And so 
you know, and the Eagles also have had a great run here over the last five weeks. Um, but there, it's been a little bit precarious at times. Right, like the, the bill, the bills should have taken them in that game. Indeed. But finding ways to win. That's what they're, they're doing here. The year of living dangerously. Let's step out of the games for a moment. Go to the uh, fun and excitement. That is the Carolina Panthers and the firing of Frank Reich. Um, David Dave Tepper, the, the courage of David Tepper that, you know, to answer all questions except from Scott Fowler. No, that's it. It's it, just, it just a vicious. You know, I've known Scott Fowler. There's no one more vicious. Like <laughs> Steve Serby, got nothing on Fowler. <laughs> nothing. nothing. What about Samini? <laughs> nothing. Yo, Samini, baby, right now. Okay. Um, no, Fowler's got, you know, like, Ballard couldn't be a nicer human being. Like, they're like, sir, can I ask you a question, please? That kind of thing. Um, you know, really, the anti-New York journalist, um, and that's why he's you know, a journalist in Charlotte. Um, you know, with, you know, lots of Southern gentility going on there, right? And Dave Tepper is scared of him. Like, Dave Tepper, you are so clueless about how you're running your team right now. And not that Frank Reich is great, okay? Right. Don't, don't, I'm not saying that Frank Reich's doing a great job or did a great job. Um, but you don't fire a guy after 11 games when you have a rookie quarterback and you're trying to figure you know, rebuild your team and you traded one of your best weapons in the offseason. Um, thank you, Bears. Um, Bears. But, yeah, but, like – this is not a plan. Like you're not following through and executing a plan that's going to make the team better. You're just getting back to step one, you know, right away because you're so dissatisfied and you feel like you're embarrassed. And this is just a further indication, isn't it? Like Tepper and all the things that he's done in Carolina are just so willing, nilly and emotional, like walking away from the people in Rock Hill after they built a facility. Like if you're, uh, if you're a Panthers fan, why would you trust this guy at any point? Sure. And, and, and so I'm just, I'm just kind of stunned because I thought that when Tepper bought that team, you know, I thought he had some ideas. I thought, you know, okay, this is a guy who, you know, was part owner of the Steelers. You know, probably learned a little bit from the Rooneys, had a little patience, understood, you know, what to do. Instead, he's just this guy who makes snap decisions left and right that don't follow any kind of purpose or plan. And he's, you know, he's got the sort of football acumen of Dan Snyder. Would it be really brilliant of someone to take this as a first job, knowing you're going to get a giant check 11 to 15 games late well, uh, and that uh, no uh, other organization will take, uh, take uh, it into an account and it would be like, you never wear a head coach. <laughs> Oh, they, absolutely! You know, there's there's all sorts of like running backs coaches in this league who are lining up. Going, I'll take a shot. I'll go. I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah. You know, let me let me let me add it. Let me. I, I can change your team around. I mean, Dave wants that. Probably wants this job. At oh this no, point, no no no! Come know? on, man. Jim Tom Sula is getting this job. Hey, all the pieces uh, are in place. <laughs> oh my God, Tom Sula! I, Tom Sula versus Wanstead in a in, uh, in a matchup of Pittsburgh morons. Like just 
Like really, that's it. Like it just get it doesn't get any dumber in the coaching ranks than those two guys. So you know, I, I got to pause because I really did bring you down. I br- I brought you, you down did. with the death of the Pac-12 for this. For the, I, I I really I, you I did. You really you killed my buzz. I had the buzz going, and you just it really yeah. It went to a dark place. I mean, well, you said, then, but you're asking me about Frank Reich too. Is there, Frank Reich's a really really nice guy, okay? And he gets off by Tepper. Um. Uh, it was more know, the like, Tepper thing. I, I've got nothing against Frank Reich. Yeah, I got nothing. You know, yeah, Frank Reich's a good guy, but Tepper. I, I, I just get really tired of of NFL owners who, you know, made you know they they made their money doing something else, and they became really rich, and they decided to buy a team, and then it's like, well, I know football. No, you don't. You really, really don't. You really don't understand how this game is supposed to function. And you don't understand how to turn things around. And you've now made, you know, you went out and got really excited about Matt Rule, and then you got embarrassed. And then you went and found a guy who actually knows some things about football and who's trying to not get your, you know, five foot six quarterback killed in the first year, right? <laughs> like you took the five foot six quarterback who I think can play a little bit, right? But he's he's small, right? And Frank Reich was doing everything he, in the world he could to make sure that that guy did not get hit so many times that he would end up like you know David Carr in Houston, right? He's just trying. He's trying to make sure the guy's protected for the first year. You're going to endure some, you know, some trouble here, but build an offensive line slowly but surely, and then get to the point where you can you can run some normal offense, and you know, build a team out with a normal offense. Now, what he's probably going to go do is go hire some guy who does like spread for me. It's, it'll be like, you know, somebody hiring Chip Kelly all over again, you know, and not understanding that. You know, spread offensive guys are a disaster in the NFL. He's on Twitter at Jason Cole sixty two. That is at Jason Cole sixty two. Mr. Happy, <laughs> Mr. Happy, guy, up with people, <laughs> up with people. A guy, That's right? He'll be watching the play on a loop on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the night tonight as we talk about the death the of the Pac twelve. Yeah, the play. <laughs> You'll watch the play. I mean, I know what happened against your team, but it's the biggest play in college football oh, yeah. history. <laughs> It is, you know, and and the best part about that is that we call timeout with eight seconds left, and we're a math and science school. <laughs> that's, that's always my favorite thing about that. It's like we get the we get into field goal position, and Elway like looks at the sideline, and the coaches panic, and. Oh, no, we need extra time in case we bobble the snap, right, on the field goal. No, no, you just run the field goal, and that's the way you do it. Not Don't call timeout with eight seconds left. Call it with three seconds left. And my buddy, Paul Heidenreich, looks right at me and goes, we're going to have to kick off. <laughs> Paul Heidenreich, who is, who is doctor. And by the way, he is Dr. Paul Heidenreich, who works for the VA hospital in Palo Alto and at Stanford University. He's a scientist, a real scientist, knew enough math to know you don't call timeout with eight seconds left. I can hear Paul Heidenreich. I can Paul Heidenreich hear. should have been coaching Stanford. <laughs> if Paul Heidenreich had been coaching Stanford that day, we win, right? Dr. Paul Heidenreich. 
Cardiologist. <laughs> Famous a- cardiologist. <laughs> a great cardiologist. <laughs> Saved one of my friends. Okay, like right. two of my friends, as a matter of fact. Wow, so but, he's in the Hall of Fame as cardiologist, <laughs> not a Hall of Very Good cardiologist. Clearly, Hall of Fame cardiologist Paul Heidrich, Doctor Paul Heidrich. Right. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Fill one slot in the college football playoff and, and, and give it to the Washington Huskies. Johnson cuts up field. Oh, he's going to go across the 35-30. He slides down to the 25. The Huskies are going to win the Pac-12 championship. Dylan Johnson did it. He picked up a first down, and the Huskies are going to the college football playoff. Do you believe it, Huskies? Washington 34, Oregon 31. I love this team. I love these coaches. I love it all. <laughs> I love everybody, man. I love and you. And I love you. I love you. Learfield Sports <laughs> on the call. The Huskies are headed to the college football playoff. Joining us now on the hotline, nobody we love more. Longtime college football insider, owner, editor, proprietor of collegefootballnews.com. Your one-stop topic for college football. All the previews, all the analysis you could possibly need. It's Pete Futek. Pete, what's happening, bud? Thank you for joining us on the night the Pac-12 died. I appreciate that. Bobby Brady on the call. Time to change. By the way, is it news that like you're viral right now? You are across the Twitterverse, the Xverse. Yeah, it's kind of a big for, deal. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah for, like, no, no, the, you're the you've freaking- kind of gone viral here. Yeah, yeah. The the freezing cold cold takes kids uh, caught a hold of uh, you know a tweet of yours or an X of yours or a Twix of yours, whatever it's called. A Twix, yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, because I said Washington by three. No, nope. in this game, and I turned out to be right on. So people really want it. You no, know, no, no. I, here I, I like I, I I've been I've been freezing cold takes 
taken before and they took it out of context. <laughs> and I realized that you just got to have to like say, cool, okay, fine, until the, you know, turn off the idiots who get really actually mad at that and just realize it's all in fun. But yeah, like, not, not like you were a lone wolf on this. No. I mean, nobody <laughs> exactly. had. You know, I, I mean, look, I thought Washington would cover. I thought they would make this close. I was like, poor Washington. I hope they just show off this little team that, you know, might be able to make it. And then I thought they would come close and then lose it late, and Bo Nix just never got his shot. But yet nobody really had had this. And so now we get to the, the, the point of this that, hey, look, for what I do, I hope other teams upset others to make this interesting because, like, I want to send my kid to college. But it might just be as easy as four teams go 13-0 and and win their conference championship and we sleep in on Sunday. Mm. Well, uh, look, as someone who said Washington by three and it's going to be close and they're going to pull it out late, maybe they'll run the ball a little bit. Uh, Pete, watching this, this really surprised me because these were two teams that were going in opposite directions. Like, and yes, I get I'm watching myself go viral because I picked Oregon in a route and I was very loud about it. Uh, That's all right. It's all clicks for Fox Sports Wa- Radio. Washington. Love it. Totally. What? Holy Let's go. It. This is as nice. This is because this is as good as it gets. You didn't actually do anything. Yep. You're not going to get canceled. No. Nope. You didn't actually, you know, do anything wrong. I picked a game wrong. No, man. no. Uh, I was the first. God. Putin, Hamas, you, the war history's greatest monsters. Look uh, out. Oh. I was the first guy to ever pick a game wrong. But uh, but but here's the thing is they were going in opposite directions. Oregon was charging toward the playoff, and Washington was out of gas. And yet tonight, the Huskies were just, look, they were just one step ahead most of the night. And that's really what it was. They were just one step ahead of Oregon, just a little bit better. And, you know, that final play, that first down, you know, year 50 of watching football, watching the DB not cover a wide receiver close enough at the yardstick, and, you know, Jalen McMillan gets the first down. I give Washington a lot of credit, but I did not see that coming for the Huskies. Can I, a quick, quick tangent going away from this, with all the metrics and all the next-gen stats and all the 1.0% chance of this play, why can't anybody figure out when to take a knee? Like, yeah. it, no. like it was driving me up a wall because they, I mean, you know, God bless. Cause nobody knows because they're like, Oh, well that helps Oregon because you know, they got a penalty. It stopped the clock. Yeah. But it took nine seconds off. They had one timeout left and they kept handing the ball off. And if they just took a knee, ran the clock down, they'd have to give up the ball with approximately like six seconds to go, you know? So, yeah, but that that outweighs the risk of fumbling and giving it to back to Bo Nix, and two plays later, you're out. You're like, uh, I don't get why teams go through this. But this all, this game also showed another thing that's kind of mixing in with the transfer portal. The other big story in college football right now is all these million dollar quarterbacks and all these. If I when I run a college football program, you can have a pretty good quarterback, but get the linemen. Yeah. What what won this? Give me give me the guy give me that left tackle who can just shove. You know, give me the, the big that big defensive tackle in the middle for Washington who just ate everything up against Bucky Irving. You know, the, get the big dudes. I mean, because at the end of the day, what happened, yeah, Bo Nix and Oregon are a whole lot of fun. But they just got shoved in this game. They, when they absolutely had to, they said, we're not messing around. Here we go. Just bam. That offensive line of Washington just got the job done. Johnson, 28, 152, and, and 
two on the ground. I mean, just uh, That's amazing, good. right? I mean, That's and good. and it sealed the deal. But we were joking about it, you know, as it got to halftime, and and Oregon was creeping back into the game. Uh, I saw Penix Jr. go to the ground on a play, you know, just kind of to, to avoid a hit. That was the first time I think his his jersey had actually hit the turf at that point. Kind of amazing. I mean, that's the you know that's the NFL scouting you know thing on him is like okay, he's great. If he gets time, he's absolutely deadly. He threw just a couple of beautiful downfield shots. I mean, he just he just has that ability. But you get he's not getting pressured at all, and that's going to be the tough part for the scouts going forward when you're talking about top five, top ten ish pick. Is like okay, I mean, obviously he's good, obviously he's talented, but you know under pressure he's fine. But he's a different quarterback. You saw in the third quarter when they get pressure on him and be, and be able to, to, to lay a finger on him. Pete Futek with us, collegefootballnews.com, insider, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Tyrac.com studios. All right, one more on Washington before we get to tomorrow. Is this a Washington Husky team that can do damage, make it far in the CFP, play for the championship, win it? Or is this a team that, hey, Washington's it has been a good run, they're going to play Michigan, they're going to play Georgia, and that's going to be it? Well, this ties into what are we getting tomorrow? Like, here's where this gets fun. First of all, obviously, we're going to carve out time for the amazing Conference USA Championship with 1,200 yards of offense, yeah. and 720 yards of Liberty offense. That was a, that was fun. That was that was just a good multiverse use of the multi multi view. But anywho, uh, yeah, they could because like, well, first of all, what are we getting with the SEC championship game? Because that means everything. So in this whole the, our overarching thing. If Florida State wins, they're not going to say, hey, we have four 13-0 Power 5 Conference champions if Georgia wins and leave out Florida State. They're, just, they're not going to do it. It's, it's, I know there's going to be arguments and say, oh, this team should be better. I just don't think it'll happen. Uh, it would just go against every sort of precedent. So, like, Texas kind of got hosed in this because it, there's not really a path now. Uh, they need Alabama to beat Georgia or Texas has no chance because if, if Georgia wins, then what happens? I mean, then if Florida State is able to beat uh, Louisville, they're going to take the four 13-0 Power 5 Conference champions, and that's that. Um, but not beating Oklahoma, that's just not quite good enough. So if Florida State wins tomorrow and Georgia wins tomorrow, it's game over. If Florida State loses, then we get the. If, I'm sorry. If Alabama wins, then we get the argument: Is it Georgia or Florida State? I mean, it, this this gets funky for Texas. So Texas, long long-winded way of saying this short, they needed uh, Oregon to win, and it didn't happen. Absolute chaos. Well, what what are you looking for in that Florida State Louisville matchup? Two points Just, spread, forty-five and a half. Yeah. Uh, this is where the rest of FSU shows. I mean, this is kind of what happened tonight with Washington. It's kind of what I see Florida State being, being like, all right, you think we're doing enough, enough. Okay, you know, just, yes, our quarterback might be down to our third-string guy, but we also have the best, better defense. We also have the, the guys on, uh, on the other skill spots. We have the offensive line. We're going to run the ball 50 times. Go ahead and stop us. And I think Florida State kind of comes out and, be, and, and just like, we're, we're, we're just going to overcome our quarterback. And I think the, the CFP narrative, it's pretty easy, especially if they are down to that third string guy. It's not Ron Maker. It's they, they, they're able to say, look, you know, yeah, their number two guy is out with a concussion, but a month, a month from now, he's supposed to be fine. So, you know, they got through this. They're undefeated. Let's see what they can do in this thing. So uh, I am looking for, I mean, but obviously then it all comes down to, 
the SEC championship. That is everything. I've done this far. I still think Bama. I, I, I know this Bama. How Bama rolls. I've seen. I've just still got twenty twenty one in my head. I, it's going to be interesting. But if, if Alabama wins that, then this gets really really funky. If Georgia wins, it's going to be pretty pretty basic stuff here. Oh man, Pete! I can't. Alabama wins. How do we get Alabama and Georgia in and Michigan? And we're kicking out Florida State. Is it, I mean, that is the CFP. Do they want that? Do they want Alabama in, or do they are they saying, "Hey, we need Georgia to win this game so we don't have absolute anarchy and chaos"? Yeah, I mean, if if Alabama wins, then what do you do? Because like, let's say Alabama wins, and let's say Florida State loses. Okay, so Florida State loses, then that's easy. Then what do you got? You've already got. We're assuming a Michigan win. I think Michigan then even if they lose, but let's say you know, let's say it's clean. Michigan wins, no problem. So then, if Alabama wins, you, then Michigan's the one, Washington's the two, Alabama's the three, and then you're, the argument comes down to Georgia, who lost. Let's say let's assume Texas wins the Big Twelve championship. Like this, this whole this part of the debate can be over by like, lunch tomorrow for you guys. But uh, <laughs> Texas can. If Texas wins, are you taking Texas, which wins their Big 12 championship? Are you taking Georgia? Now, we're assuming if Florida State loses, like they have never, ever taken a Power 5 championship game loser uh, over a Power 5 championship 12-1 winner. So for them to put in Georgia just because over Texas, that they can't. They, they can't say, hey, Texas, you won your Power 5 conference championship. Georgia didn't. You beat Alabama, and you're out, and the two SEC teams are in. So, basically, Washington winning tonight probably kills the idea of two SEC teams getting in if Texas wins tomorrow morning. See, but here's the thing, Pete, and this is what I come back to. And, and seeing when the CFP committee director went on ESPN earlier this week and said, yeah, Florida State undefeated number 4, different team without Jordan Travis. Said it twice, different team without him. I can, I can easily see after that. What are they going to say after games tomorrow and then on Sunday? Our job is not to pick who had the best resume. Our not job is not to pick who beat who. Our job is to pick the four best teams in the country right now. Yeah, it doesn't matter that Texas beat that. Alabama. It doesn't matter. Because what are they going to do? We have the 12-team playoff next year. It doesn't matter. We yeah. get it all next year. They they say that, and then they don't. I mean, like, like you know, oh, boo. You want to talk about freezing cold take? I think in, the, in that analysis <laughs> he's saying uh, is that I think his his rationale was Bo Nix hits 83% of his passes. I think, I, think that was, I think he actually said something to that effect. And they say, here's the, the thing you remember about the college football playoff committee. I used to work with them. I've been in there. I've, known, I've done the process. I've gone through the whole thing. I stayed in Grapevine, that lovely place. They had a nice little bakery there. Nice place. The top line of everything is, did you win your conference championship? And they want the other thing, the, the rules are loose. They, they specifically keep everything just a little bit you know, vague, just in case they, they want some wiggle room to, to mess around with things. But they have, again, they have never, ever left out a, an undefeated Power 5 conference champion, and they only left out Ohio State one year when they were 12-1 because they got housed by Purdue and Notre Dame, which is basically a Power 5 team, went undefeated. That's it. They've never left out a 12, another 12-1 Power 5 conference champion, and they've never, certainly I don't think, are going to ever leave out an undefeated Power 5 conference champion. 
He's on Twitter at Pete Futek. That is at Pete Futek, College Football Insider. Check out everything you need for Championship Saturday, collegefootballnews.com. Pete, as always, man, appreciate it. And you'll feel good because I have Louisville in a route tomorrow. So you'll feel good. Feel good about Florida State. Let's go. Hey, let's go. Hey, good for me. Good. Knock it out. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 